0: Welcome to the Policy and Plainer English podcast. I'm Helen Laban, and in our last episode, we just started an exploration of telehealth in the time of COVID-19, which we hope leads to telehealth in a time after COVID-19. Okay, where we'd left things is that a pandemic hits, everyone needs to stay home, but everyone's healthcare needs do not go away. Let's set aside all the COVID-19 specific needs for a minute. Things like getting people tested or monitoring positive patients from home. And instead, we'll focus on all the other health care that doesn't magically disappear at this time. Health providers still need to serve their patients. And now we've got two new big constraints on how that care is provided. We need to minimize in-person encounters and also minimize the demand on resources that might be needed for COVID-19 response, especially during a medical surge. Telehealth gives us a way to keep people well and hopefully away from hospitals without necessarily seeing them in person. Reducing the number of patients receiving in-person care also lets health providers rearrange to provide those face-to-face services when they're needed in as safe a way as possible. For example, separating out which site's patients with different symptoms visit, spreading out their visit times, and ensuring that patients don't end up all together in a waiting room. Going into the emergency, Vermont already had a system in place for a type of telehealth called telemedicine. This is live, two-way, audio-visual interaction between a patient and provider, that can fully take the place of a regular in-person visit. There were no special restrictions on who could provide these services or on where the patient and provider could be located, and there was a rule that telemedicine had to be covered at parity to in-person encounters. Same services, just delivered with a distance between the patient and provider. Medicare, however, did not have the same system in place. Medicare places restrictions on who can provide telemedicine, what services can be provided, where the patient and provider can be located, and in particular, Medicare did not reimburse federally qualified health centers, or FQHCs, as providers of telemedicine. FQHCs provide primary care to 38% of Vermont Medicare recipients. Those federal rules had really stifled the use of telemedicine in Vermont before COVID-19. This meant that an early focus in the COVID-19 work was to try to loosen Medicare restrictions, Early on, they waived rules that restricted where patients and providers could be physically located to deliver these services. Allowing FQHCs to bill as providers of telemedicine took a little longer. In fact, it took an act of Congress and weeks of rulemaking. But that is also in place. Remember, though, that just because some of the most basic differences changed for COVID-19, that doesn't mean Medicare is now in line with Vermont's starting place on telemedicine. We'll save the nuances there for a future episode. Now, as COVID-19 response began in Vermont, the legislature was already finalizing some new telehealth rules that would become important moving forward. The first was to require reimbursement for a type of service called store-and-forward, which allows for asynchronous communications. Think transferring text and images for review. A classic example is that a primary care provider wants input from a specialist on treating a patient, sends medical records and detailed notes, and receives back a recommended treatment plan. This would be useful if COVID-19 severely disrupted the healthcare system workforce. It's flexible for disrupted schedules, and it ensures that patients get the treatment they need without needing to get them in to see, virtually or otherwise, a new doctor. The second rule was to ensure that dental services were also covered for telemedicine and -and store-and-forward. Dental practices were among the first to shut down for all but emergency care during the outbreak, so remote services have been an important dental option. Note that these changes are now in statute. They would have happened without the emergency, but because of emergency rulemaking, they go into effect sooner, on May 1st. The next step was to turn on some temporary rules to facilitate telehealth during COVID-19. With everyone now in their homes trying to use telehealth, probably for the first time, we could easily anticipate issues connecting online. Not everyone would have reliable broadband access. Some households might have smartphones but not computers. Others might have trouble getting the telemedicine-specific platforms installed. Some of these issues were dealt with by waiving certain HIPAA requirements to allow use of phones and familiar apps to make the patient-provider connection. Another critical change was to allow healthcare to be provided over the telephone at times when the provider deemed it medically appropriate. This gave an option to everyone without a reliable broadband connection. For the length of the emergency, Vermont has established parity between telemedicine coverage, face-to-face coverage, and audio-only telephone coverage. This applies to Vermont Medicaid, and through the Department of Financial Regulation, it applies to commercial plans with the exception of self-funded plans that will set their own rules. Medicare, however, still does not reimburse telehealth services if they're delivered over the phone. Medicare requires a video component. They have some separate audio options, which we'll get to next. Another thing that became important at the start of COVID-19 was reimbursement for what we sometimes call triage calls, or brief telecommunications. These are short assessments when a provider talks to a patient and determines whether they require a full office visit, virtual or otherwise. If there is a follow-up visit, the codes don't get billed. If there is no visit, then the provider still gets a small reimbursement for that initial assessment. You can imagine at the beginning of this emergency, there was a lot of work to determine who needed an appointment and who could wait, and time spent talking to concerned patients who were calling to check in. These brief telecommunications can take different forms, including telephone calls, image sharing, and patient portals, and sometimes they are also reimbursed at different time increments. Not every payer reimbursed for these services going into COVID-19, but all of them turned on some form of triage call compensation during the emergency. Those are some basic components of a telehealth response to COVID-19. Making sure that telemedicine, a live audio-visual connection, is a reimbursable option for everyone, including connecting from home. Expanding how patients could connect to telehealth, including through telephones. And compensating providers for the short triage calls that suddenly became a much higher volume of their virtual patient traffic than ever before. This also highlights some of the other defining features of telehealth policies, Do they cover the same services and reimburse at the same rate as the in-person equivalent? Do all payers treat the service the same way? And do the rules apply only during the public health emergency, or are they permanent? Telehealth reimbursement obviously gets more complicated than this. A lot more complicated, actually. There's licensing to allow for telework when patient and provider are trapped on either side of a state line, or across a national border for that matter. There's cost-sharing, patient consent, malpractice coverage, established patient clauses, providers qualified to bill different services, and there's differences around the underlying payment models, fee-for-service and counter-rates and capitated payments, for example. The course of telehealth reimbursement does not run smooth. Soon, we'll get further into the weeds with a look at what is happening with Medicare. In the meantime, you can explore all the many details of telehealth reimbursement during COVID-19 at the My State Telehealth Resources page linked in the show notes. We thank Northern Counties Healthcare for making this series possible, and we hope that you will join us for a look at the role of telephones in COVID-19 response on the next Policy in Planar English podcast.